0: shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk.
1: hello welcome back to game week four of the FPL Masterclass. welcome back it's great to be back Rob obviously we've had the international break Manchester United have signed uh, and I know a lot of FPL fans are very excited about Cristiano Ronaldo who is a 12 Ooh. and a half billion pound asset and uh, I think a lot of people have rushed to bring him in Rob but we're going to actually talk about should we actually be breaking the bank for Cristiano Ronaldo because there are suggestions, no secrets. no secrets here, there are suggestions um, and we'll go for it today and we'll have a look at some of the stats and maybe it's a bit premature to be bringing them in. But welcome back Rob and uh, welcome back to everyone here, it's great to be back and how are you feeling for this game week?
0: Feeling good, been a good first few game weeks for me in terms of... Not panicking, not feeling the, you know, quite often in that opening one or two game weeks, stuff happens and you think, oh, you get injuries, you get players out of form. We're not quite sure what to do. And of course, then you trigger the wild card. And I always say that you can use that wild card in that first six weeks. That's kind of the prudent way to do it. But I'm not there at the moment. So that's not a bad thing for me. But I'll explain, obviously what our team here for the FPL Masterclass did last week, the kind of structure of it. We're going to talk about Ronaldo this week, obviously a huge differential to come back, but with a big price. So that's a that's a choice for managers of FPL. You have to kind of choose whether you stay purely premium and then lots and lots of budget or whether you mix it up. And if that helps, we already know that lots of United fans have got trigger fingers, itchy, here we go, Ronaldo's back. I've got to have him in my team. And we're going to answer today whether you really do need him in your team for game week four.
1: Well, I think, Rob, you know, we, we had it, we crunched the numbers, didn't we? And we saw that if you're following our teams, and I did not follow our teams, but if I was, you'd be sitting in the top 5%. So obviously, you know, we are giving some good tips. Some of them I'm not taking, some of them you're not taking, some of them we are. But, uh, you know, let's start with reviewing game week four because I think that we could talk about Ronaldo forever. And uh, I'm just going to get this up on the screen here. So this is actually your team from game Week Game three. three. Yep. Game yep. three, sorry. And uh, we're having a look at it over here, Rob, and we're going to run through it. So you have a look at it, your defence, really. I mean, you did pretty well considering there were a lot of goals, wasn't there? And you saw Cancelo, yeah. especially, who did fantastic. You look at the City uh, triumph that you've got there, of Gundogan, Torres, Cancelo. They're probably the, th- the three players at City that you do want in your team at the moment. And they all gave you returns. You're looking at Gundogan, he finally got a goal. I actually kept him in. I was going to take him out, but I kept him in. And uh, your punt at the beginning of the season for Torres was was fantastic. Look at him. I believe he, uh, he got a hat-trick, didn't he? So, and then you're looking at the front as well. We both captained Antonio. I think that was a great shout. I've, I'm really pleased I hit the captaincy correct because it's been a bit of a struggle for me um, over the probably a year, to be honest. Um, it's been a bit of a, one that I'm not getting right at the moment. And then, you know, you picked up a few points here with Danny Ings. But let's have a chat about this. What stands out to you here? Because you did really well. Look, you're in the top 50,000th for that game week.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I've learned, kind of playing FPL for all of these years now, a decade or so, is that balance beats premium. So what do I mean by that? Well, we all want the best players who got the highest values in our team. But how do you fit them in without losing points elsewhere? So I think this week my team from from Game Week 3 hit the sweet spot, 83 points. Highest, I think the whole total there, it says for the week was 119 so I was about 30 odd points off that game We ranked 50,000th which is very, very good kind of top one percent uh, but the average was around 54 points so why was the average 54 points and how did we get 83 this week well it's the balance between defense midfield and attack um, I had Schmeichel in goal this week but I've kind of switched him in and out with Sanchez and that's kind of hit or miss really just kind of depending on who the opponent is but Looking at my defence, Cresswell always takes set pieces. like basically plays everywhere except at the back, so you can play him. But then when you look at my midfield and my attack, I feel like my attack is is balanced between premium and kind of top-end strikers. People are going to still score goals. So, uh, you know, Antonio has been amazing in the opening weeks, he's just carrying on really from last season. Danny Ings is a goal machine wherever he goes. He's having to get goals and assists. Now he's obviously at Aston Villa. And unfortunately my big pick, who was the big failure of the week was Romelu Lukaku. No problems with that. And we'll talk a little bit more about Lukaku when we talk about Ronaldo in the next segment, but in midfield, you know, we talked about Ferran Torres and this is why I've had my on him from day one, because watching all of Manchester city's preseason work for, for my work as a journalist, um, Torres has played as the central fulcrum through the middle of the attack. So you know he's going to be essentially City's number nine. So he's a midfielder who plays up front. That's valuable in FPL. It's a bit like Salah being a midfielder, but we know essentially he's an attacker. Gundogan, will he play, will he, will he not play? Kind of depends on Kevin De Bruyne's fitness. What do we know? Kevin De Bruyne is not fit. So what What do we do? I've, I've kept him, but yes. Those three players from Manchester City are the hub of my team at the moment. That might change. You know, it might be someone else that I want to bring in. I might look at De Bruyne in weeks to come. Um, we now know that City will not buy a striker, and I think that's really important for FPL. So Torres is going to get more minutes. And there's also the problem at the moment, we'll talk about the Brazilian issues uh, for the Brazilian team this week, that uh, Gabriel Jesus probably won't play this week, which means Torres is almost definitely going to play so these are the things that I consider when I look forward and well I'm not making a substitute this week which is really to roll over my substitutes I have one in the bank so I'm looking for two uh, and that will allow me to kind of review what other premium options who are coming up this week who might have signed for Manchester United does in his first week because even if you miss the first week and Ronaldo has a big game week, you've not really lost a lot if he's going to be doing it every single week. It's better to do that, conserve your transfers and find a way into the next game week without losing points. Yeah,
1: that's very key, Rob. Having those two transfers, especially this season, where there are a lot of good premium options, but there are also a lot of, you know, sort of mid-range options as well. You're looking there at Torres, you're looking at Mason Greenwood. We'll talk about Mason Greenwood later, because he's another one that is has been playing as a striker. And uh, he's got three and three. So, you know, he is giving great returns at the moment. And uh, even Jota as well. Jota's going to be playing up front. We'll talk about those two players in, in more detail later. But uh, I do want to talk about Antonio quickly before we move on to the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. And we're going to talk about Antonio because, well, he's in fantastic form. We know that. but He's also just made, you know, sort of a 10K, a 10K mile journey for the internationals. He's now playing for Jamaica. Um, so how is that going to impact him? Because, you know, I know... Sometimes players overlook this. I think he is probably his first choice um, pick for most people, isn't he? Let's be honest. Right now, I think he's one of the most transferred, uh, most highly owned players. Uh, they have bought another striker as well. I mean, could there be an option that Antonio might see the bench, you know, just for this game because of the fact that, you know, there might be a little bit of, uh, you know, just sort of
0: travel, wear and tear? 100%. And this is why I always advise... FPL players to watch the press conferences because David Moyes will let you know one way or the other. You know, if he's leaning towards, well, Antonio's kind of turned up for training, he's a bit tired. You know, it's a 10,000 mile trip, which is what he made to go and uh, make his debut for, for Jamaica. You know, it's time to maybe pull him out the firing line just for a week or use him from the bench. Now, if he is on the bench, not too much of an issue. It still might mean that he comes on for half an hour and scores you a couple of goals and you're happy. But you've got to kind of think long-term here. So would I take Antonio out of my team right this moment? No, but there is a question mark over his head. And then you you need to kind of think about your own budgets and balance and about whether you do go for, for Ronaldo. Ronaldo's come back into the league, obviously, as a striker. Um, that's important. And then you have to decide about Romelu Lukaku. So we'll talk about Lukaku in the next segment as well, because that's kind of ties in with Ronaldo. But with the rest of my team there, again, it's just about balance. And I do try and look at the international window and think to myself, well, when the, when the internationals are on, you know, who plays, who hasn't, who's actually had that rest for a week, you know? And that's that's pivotal, I think, when you're going forward. I think you need players who who are a little bit fresher. So um, that's always something for people to muse over but let's see what the press conferences say on Friday first.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Rob. But let's move on now to Cristiano Ronaldo because I think, you know, oh, well, let's look at the fixtures actually first because I think this is key before we move on to Ronaldo. I'm going to link this to Ronaldo, Rob, because uh, Manchester United are playing Newcastle and it looks like Manchester United probably have one of the easiest fixtures, uh, I think, this week. You know, you're looking at Ronaldo's record as well against Newcastle. I believe it's eight goals, isn't it, in his last three Um, So, you know, he's scored a lot of goals against Newcastle. We're looking at some of these fixtures here. You're seeing Arsenal against Norwich. Is Arsenal, are there any Arsenal players that you're thinking about? I know they're bottom of the table and they're doing extremely poor at the moment. But when you have a look at it, you know, you're thinking possibly, you know, could
0: Arsenal hit some form? They have got some good forward players. The only people who are going to be gambling on Arsenal players on FPL are Arsenal fans. So there's no doubt that the Norwich fixture sets you up nicely. So you could go there and think there's, there's, you know, you could look at someone like Bummyang, but he's a, he's a top priced option. I don't even know if he's available actually for this game week, but we would see. And Arsenal have got good players. That's not really the debate. The debate is, is this Arsenal team performing? And of course we know that is, no, they're not. So would I waste any of my transfers on Arsenal people this week? Any Arsenal players? No, because there's just better options. And that's what it comes down to. It's only Arsenal fans who would gamble on this. And I don't see anyone in the ranks or, uh, in terms of Arsenal squad. The only player I might kind of lean towards is someone like Smith Rowe. Really good budget option. And he could set on fire. He could kind of have 10 games where he scores you three or four goals, gets you a couple of assists. And as a bench option, might be quite tasty for you. Um, But at the moment, you know, this is a subjective uh, slide here that we're using about what's the best fixtures. And as you kind of go through it, you can see that there's lots of form teams that have got opportunities this week. Um, When you look on the left-hand side, Arsenal at the top of this and Arsenal are not a form team. So that, for me, would immediately discount them.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. You're seeing a few other teams here, Rob. You know, Brighton have been in great form. They're playing a good Brentford side or, or a decent Brentford side. Wolves have been fantastic and we'll talk about some of their options later because Wolves are a side who are you know, sitting at the top of the attacking sort of creativity in terms of shots as a side. They've also been very good defensively. They just can't really get a point at the moment, but they will. I mean, look, a season as long as 38 games, they will be good value for money. They will get you know, those points and, and those, uh, those wins that they need. But uh, let's move on to Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. That's why we're here. The Ronaldo return. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm very, very happy about it. And I know a lot of people have brought in Ronaldo already, which is a little bit of a surprise for me, to be honest, Rob. And that's me as someone who's a massive Ronaldo fan. I'm very surprised because it's a very sort of nostalgic view. I don't think, I think it's a big risk. I think that someone like Bruno and Salah, for me, I mean, I've got Bruno and Salah on my team, and I think I'm going to keep both of them for now, because I need to see what's going to happen. Ronaldo coming into league. I mean, look, he could go and score trick against Newcastle. But I feel like the risk is, is quite big for him you know he hasn't played in the league for nearly 12 years and then we're having a look at some of his you know his points here And from 06 to 09 is where we saw you know Ronaldo completely explode we saw in 06 07 17 goals and 16 assists then the season later 07 08 obviously was a fantastic season for Manchester United and uh, 31 goals in the Premier League I mean he absolutely flew he, he became the best player in the world and then you know the season later was a a bit of a drop for him, and obviously he wanted to leave. 18 goals and six assists. I mean, I'm just thinking about him this season, Rob. And a lot of people have asked me how many goals I think Ronaldo's going to get. I mean, I think Ronaldo's going to hit close to 20 goals this season, but he's going to be a different player, isn't he, to the
0: to, to the one that we saw in 07 or 08? Totally. Like we use these slides because they're representative of what he did in the league before for FPL. You know, this is an FPL show, not a Premier League show but they do kind of correlate. So when you look at those numbers there, it was a different time in Ronaldo's career. It doesn't mean that Ronaldo will have problems this year scoring goals or getting assists or any of that. It's about value. It's about how you put your teams together. So one of the things that I said on the first game week for FPL was do not pick your teams with this, your heart, pick it with this, your brain. Now there is value to say that Cristiano Ronaldo will score you lots of goals this year. So your brain says, Pick him, but I'm not picking him yet because it's not because he might fail. It's because other players are still in a better category to perform versus their budgetary value. People might be falling asleep at this moment, but they might be looking at that and thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going Ronaldo because I want Ronaldo to score a hat-trick and he might well score a hat-trick and then you'll be very happy and you've got the points." Rob, but just I still to think, do you think yeah. he's going to start? Because I think that's a great place to start. Uh, personally... I think he will start and and it's because, you know, there's been a debate this week about whether um, Ole will do an Ole and kind of put him on the bench for a week or two and break him in. And there is that always that option. And it would not surprise me if Ole did do that. But the fact that he's been training with United all week because obviously he didn't have that extra commitment with the internationals because he got suspended, that kind of makes me lean towards the fact that he will probably start the game and play 70 or 80 minutes as opposed to sitting on the bench and playing 20 or 30. I think United, from a marketing point of view, want to put Ronaldo on a football pitch. You know, they want to win the Premier League that day. You know, when they put him out on Saturday, they win the Premier League that day. They get every Instagram like, every uh, kind of uh, notion towards whether Manchester United can be champions again. All of the conversation goes towards them. So they know that putting Ronaldo on a football pitch gives you all of that. So I think United fans can buy Ronaldo for FPL safe in the knowledge probably that he will start, but it's still just a kind of little bit of a guessing game until we hear what Ole says in his press conference. But I just think with Ronaldo, be careful, because if United do use him as a 36-year-old striker and they let kind of use him and rotate him with Cavani, there's every chance that if Cavani's on form in the next six weeks, that Ronaldo plays less minutes and gets you less points. And that's what this game is about, is about getting you points. So... I would just sit on it with Ronaldo. Just wait, be patient. At 12.5 million, he's a big premium buy. He will affect at least two or three other players in your team. And that's a problem. So you have to think like that. I know lots of United fans have fired that trigger because they can't resist it. But that's part of this game, isn't it? It's about knowing when to do it and when not to do it. Uh, And we're still very early in the calendar. So my advice at the moment is just wait.
1: Rob, I do want to bring up some good questions here. You know, there's one here sort of saying, we'll talk about wild cards as well, you know, because I think yeah, let's bring it into the segment because it's something that I've been toying with. So, Franklin's got a question or, or a comment here saying, you know, I'm still reluctant to use my wild card and decide to take a negative four points to bring in Torres. Should I use my wild card? I want to save it for when I know which role and how we'll play. Now, Franklin, I've been sitting here and I've had the same issues. I was talking to Rob off air. You know, I usually go for a two keeper strategy. And I have, I, well, I say I usually do it. Last year was the first year I'd done it and it worked really well for me. And uh, I think for me at the moment, I've got both keepers out. Martinez is out and Foster's injured. And then Foster's obviously not first choice for Watford. I'm looking at my team as well. And I've got, you know, a, a defence that's not really performing, Rob. I'm looking at now, I've got Shaw, Kufa, Simikas. simikas probably won't play as much now. Target. And I've got Hoover as, you know, the option on the bench. Then I've got doubled up on Salah and Fernandez. So even if I want to bring Ronaldo in, I'll have to lose four points, essentially. And then if I want to bring in a goalkeeper, which I'll need to do, that's minus eight. So I'm really, I'm in a sort of predicament. Should I be using it? Should I not? I think I'm going to hold off for the moment. I think the team is, there's some nice, nice fixtures here. Salah's got some good fixtures. Gundogan's doing quite well. I might bring in Ferran Torres. So I might take the four hit, four point hit. I've got Dallas and Ben Rama. Ben Rama's in good form. And then I've got Ings, Antonio and Tony. Put Tony on the bench and he scored. But is it too early, Rob? We're in game week four. Should we looking at maybe
0: game week six to be considering the wild card? It's not too early if you look at your team and it's a disaster. So like you just read out your team there, which is quite interesting, Hayda, because you like to be quite secretive. I know you don't like normally giving your team to the world. And I understand that because I'm the same. But I think when you look at the team that you just read out, it's not actually that bad in terms of form. So, like you kind of said, there are oh, so and so is not performing all this. You said Luke Shaw there. You know, Luke Shaw hasn't really given any returns yet. But say Ronaldo plays and Luke Shaw gets in the t- uh, gets down the left and gets the ball in the box, and Ronaldo scores a hat trick and he gets three assists. Suddenly, you're happy with Luke Shaw. Just be prudent with the with the wild card. So I would say that if you feel things are not going your way within the first six weeks, definitely use your wild card. But it's more about playing off options at the moment. So talking about Ronaldo and wild cards, I think the two players to really consider at the moment about what you do with them or if they're in your team is Romelu Lukaku and Ferran Torres. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about those two players. I think that's the key to your wild card at the moment. The only way I would use a wild card is if I had more than, say, six or seven players misperforming by a significant margin. So, like, I'm expecting them to get me returns every week and they get me ones and twos. They're not playing games. They're on the subs bench. They are kind of regulars who are out of form. Those are the things that would make me use my wild card right now. Now, there will be people like that. Do it numerically. If your team, in the 8 million players of FPL, say you're outside the top 1 million, and that's still, like, a big chunk. You're still, like, only... T- the top 10% or so, you know, top 8%, then consider it because that's what the game is about. The game's about winning, yeah? Get to the end of the game and win. I mean,
1: I'm sitting, you know, in the top 2, two million, 2.6 million.
0: Yeah, so, so. I, think you're on, I think you're on the cusp. So if yeah. you're in that 1 to 2 million bracket and you can feel that your original picks are not working and you need to go back to the, the drawing board and the strategy, and a lot of people will, will panic with that and they'll go, I need to change multiple players. Now, one of the things also I said at the start of of this series that we're doing is that don't burn points. So to bring in Ferran Torres, that's cool. And you were saying, you know, I'm going to lose four points for that. Don't do it. Do it when you need to do it, when you feel you need to, or use your wild card. So you're not burning points. It's too early to burn points. And this is the point where players do it. And then when they lose their leagues by 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 points at the end of the season, they've forgotten that they burnt 50 points in the first six game weeks because they just got a bit jittery. Don't get jittery. Take our advice, follow some of our tips, mould around them. You know, you don't need to kind of listen to me and take everything that comes out of my mouth as gospel. But listen to the stats and why, why it's prudent to go and get certain players. We're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo here, but there are other United players who might outperform him significantly this year. You know, it could be young players like Greenwood. Rashford's on his way back. It could be Rashford. It could well be Bruno Fernandes carrying on what he's done before. It could be a defender. You might see someone like Varane picking up man-of-the-match performances and and getting the odd goal. And and he obviously got an assist last week as well. There are other ways of winning this game, winning FPL. But you've got to also kind of look at the differentials. And and there's plenty of options out there, certainly in the striking department when we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, 100%, Rob. You know, there's a question here from Sam, you know, sort of asking... Pogba was excellent in the advanced positions. You know, as United fans, when we do talk about uh, about Manchester United, we have both said we want Paul Pogba further forward from a main night point of view, from an FPL point of view. You know, he hit five assists in his first two games, so you're looking at him now, but he is probably going to drop back into into the pivot. So, you know, the question is: should should people be selling him, and should they be going for someone like Mason Greenwood? Um, you know, or or someone maybe a bit more expensive.
0: I, I think. The value in Pogba is when Pogba plays in the front four at Manchester United. So that's what he's been doing. You said he's probably going to drop back into the pivot. I'm not 100% sure about that. Now, Fred will be on international duty, which means he'll probably be ruled out of Manchester United's next, next game. Scott McTominay has obviously been injured. So that's that's a problem. There's no reason why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't go with Donny van der Beek and Nemanja Matic. Yeah. As his double pivot that allows him to keep Pogba up the other end of the pitch. And I think that he will feel that he wants to keep Paul Pogba as close to Cristiano Ronaldo as possible. So oh, again, that
1: combination, Robbie could be saying time and time again, this season. Well, to, there we go. But the thing is you look at Ronaldo as well, Paul Pogba, I think where he, where he excels obviously is picking up, you know, a bit of space and being able to play those balls. And I think Ronaldo is smart enough to make that movement. I think that could be a great little combination
0: look, you know, great players can make great play, you know. So the idea is that once they train together and they have that moment together and they they find a way, is that, that it benefits you on the football pitch. Beneficial for Manchester United, but also beneficial for FPL players. So this is why I would say now, to obviously, there with the question that was asked, you know, I wouldn't burn Paul Pogba today because of something future-proof, you know, something that is like, will he end up playing in the double pivot? Well, yes, he will play in the double pivot, but at some point, But I wouldn't make my decisions on stuff that I don't know about. I'm looking at strategy within the game of the physics of the game and the the mathematics of the game because that's what FPL comes down to. And then you can kind of get the eye test to help you along.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And guys, look, we brought up Ronaldo's heat map. Rob, is this from last
0: season, I believe? Um or This is his it? kind of this is his Juventus heat map Juventus over the time, time that he was at the club. Yeah. So you, you know, we used this in one of our previous shows. We thought it would bring it up again for this one. Obviously, we're doing a, a Ronaldo-centric show today to to decide whether players should buy him or not. And what this shows really is that Ronaldo, he does operate a lot in the box as a number nine, but he does also come out drifting. He likes to come to drift to the left, which is his old home. We know that he likes to go to that left wing um, and kind of join the dots in those positions. But, you know, this heat map, just what it does show is that ronaldo is not just a number nine so he will be in at times on the edge of the box where he might play one twos bring other bruno Fernandes in if bruno's playing as a number 10 and you might pick up additional points that way through assisting so i think that's what this heat map really really shows the other point i want to kind of add is if you don't go for ronaldo and i kind of mentioned them two minutes ago was the lukaku ferran torres side of it so if we can kind of look at that, Hader, what do you? What's your opinion on that at the moment with those two players?
1: Look, I, I wasn't so hot on bringing Lukaku in straight away. Not because I actually think he's going to finish as one of the highest scorers, but I just felt like, you know, as of right now, I think it was. For me more beneficial to go for the bruno and salah sort of double i think right now for ferran torres as you mentioned in pre-season he's playing striker ferran torres for what 7.1 million he is now i believe or 7.2 he is probably the best value for money in the game i think there's no doubt about it and when you look at some of city's fixtures and you're looking aguero's not here now obviously jesus has been playing out wide which was a bit of a surprise i think for maybe not for you but for the for the regular you know sort of premier league fan having a look at it and i just think that right now when I'm looking at Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm the biggest Ronaldo fan there is. And, you know, it, it, my heart would say bring him in. But I just don't think that for value for money right now, he's the player that I'd be going for. I think Ferran Torres, as a midfielder as well, will get more points if he scores a goal. Um, on Lukaku as well, he's £1 million cheaper as well. But again, I like my midfield options. I've gone for more, you know, I would say that the cheaper options are striker, I think you've got Danny Inks, who will get points. So I think he's in there for me. I think Antonio is going to get you points as well. I'd rather stock up and make sure my midfield is strong and I have someone like Luke Shaw in defence. So it's that balance, isn't it, at the moment? Ronaldo and Lukaku, I think everyone's going to go towards them. There's going to be weeks, Rob, where they're going to get two points here, you know, a couple of points here, there, here and there. They will score big goals, but I'm I'm quite happy sticking with the more premium midfielders and then going for until I see one of the strikers actually do score goals for a, for a considerable length of time.
0: Always about balance. And I agree with you. And I, I agree with what you said there about uh, Ferran Torres. I think Ferran Torres is the is the overwhelming budget pick in the whole of FPL at the moment because he is going to be Manchester City's number nine this season. And that means he's going to score goals. He might not play every game, but Manchester City has a differential approved last season and beyond that even when you're on the bench, their players come off the bench and get 10 to 15 point hauls regularly. So there's no worry there as well. And you see obviously with three Man City players in my team, that that's how I feel about Gundogan. Even if Gundawan doesn't start, I think he's going to be in a position to get points, um, but he is starting games. So that's the balance. Just my points on Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku is injured. So this is, a, this is something that FPL players this week have to balance up. You made the salient point that he's £1 million cheaper than Ronaldo. So, Players have to decide if they've already bought him, whether you sell him now because he has actually got a thigh strain and that is he's having a scan tomorrow. If that scan comes back as something a little bit more serious, what happens? He doesn't play. So you lose that. So he's going to be benched and obviously you would lose that, those points hauls. Um, I will probably sit on Lukaku until I know one way or the other. So I might make a very late substitution with him and take him out. I would ideally not want to do that. And if, if there's any chance that he'll play, even from the bench for Chelsea, I will stick with him this week because he could come on for the final 10 minutes and get three goals. You know, that's just the way it goes. So that's the balancing point. I agree with you. Stick with midfielders who, are, who have form and consistency as opposed to strikers that might have big hauls in individual weeks, but not necessarily do it week to week. I think
1: one of the key things as well, Rob, is that you actually have to look at where these players end up. One of my mistakes over the years has been uh, something I was doing, you know, during Liverpool's title winning side was uh, I was I was chopping between Salah and Mane and really you probably should have both of them in that year. You know, they were both unbelievable. But that was my problem. I was chopping and saying, OK, well, I'm going to take a punt on, on this player for, you know, a hot streak of five games and I'll bring this one. And I know sometimes that works, but I was losing points consistently because I was dropping minus eight here, you know, minus four here. So really, you know, Across the across the sort of uh, the average, I was probably not making as many points as I thought it was. But there is there is a question here. I mean, I do want to talk about my pick later and they will be actually sort of two players. But question here from Sam saying, would you consider Kane at 12.3 for your team after the exit goal in the qualifiers, especially since uh, Son is flagged. Son is out, isn't he? I'm not sure how long he's out for, but Harry Kane looks like he's going to be hitting. My only concern with Tottenham, Rob, is that I feel like I'm watching a carbon copy of Wolves under Nuno. They're not going to create a lot of chances. They're going to win games 1-0. And I just don't think that Kane's going to get as much service as he did the previous season. And surprisingly, I know he was under, obviously he was under Jose Mourinho, but Harry Kane was dropping deep. I don't think Harry Kane is going to drop deep in that system.
0: I think if Harry Kane can score goals and get the assists that he got in Jose Mourinho's system, he will get that in Nuno's system because he's that good. So I think at 12.3 million, if he's fit, which we know he is, played for England, I think it's a little bit of a gimme. So I think that he is very much a rational choice ahead of maybe Ronaldo at the moment, just as it stands. That doesn't mean that in two or three or four weeks it's different. I think also for Harry Kane, there is a a bit of a differential if Son's not on the pitch. So will he get that link-up play? So the extra assists, helping Son obviously in the final third, that's something that Kane's really good at. But yeah, Harry Kane scores goals, just scores goals. He gets points, he scores goals. And he, I just talked there about consistency, didn't I, with strikers? The one thing that Harry Kane is, is when he plays in general is consistent. He will get you six points every week with your eyes closed. He might even get you more than that if he's on a little bit of a run. Um, We'll talk a little about Wolves as well in a minute. It's funny you kind of brought them up. I think they're really, really interesting for the next weeks coming up. There's a couple of teams that we'll we'll focus on who have got really, really good game weeks coming. Um, But Tottenham themselves have started really well. Their defenders have been kind of faultless. You look at the price range, a lot of them. Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez, two players you probably wouldn't bring in. They're they're getting clean sheets. And all of the players at the very, very top end of FPL, the top 1% in in the, the 8 million players worldwide, all went for a little bit of a punt on Tottenham. And it's worked. So it's worked in the short term. And that's how you play this game. And sometimes you do, like you said there, you know, five or six weeks, you might take a punt. If you chop and change too much and lose points for those punts, then that's an issue. But I don't think when you've got five defenders, if you've got Dyer or Tanganga in your team, or even go up to Regilion at at what, 5.2 million, you know, they are all prudent buys that will give you returns, even if Tottenham are not really winning every week. Now, they are winning at the moment. They're, They're at the right end of the table. But they are good value value picks that will probably give you longer term returns than maybe some of the premiums that you just think will.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's a good uh, segue, Rob, into Wolves. And uh, I've got their fixtures up here, and we we saw as Manchester United fans f- straight up how how effective they were going forward. I mean, they were they were fantastic, and it's a completely different Wolves side. I think people. Need to not think about Wolves back on the on the Nuno. This is a completely different, more attacking, more expansive, higher intensity. You know, they're they they a great watch, to be honest with you. There's a couple of players that I sort of thought were quite good. I thought Trincao was obviously missed a few chances against United, a decent option. Um, but look, Wolves have got Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle. You know, you could argue that looking at those teams, you know, maybe maybe all four of them could be relegation sort of threatened, maybe Newcastle not, but especially Watford, Brentford, and Southampton. And, you know, you're sort of having a look at, and there's a question here, Rob, saying about, you know, defenders under 6 million who will get returns over the next four weeks. That's why I think now players should start looking at the, uh, the defenders that are at uh, Wolves. So I'm just going to pick out a few. Rob Cody, who's been very, very good. You know, he's at 4.5 million. You have got Semedo as well, who was, who was pretty poor under Nuno, but, you know, at 4.9. And we talk about these attacking fullbacks, you know, what's working for you at the moment? You've got Cancelo and you've got Cresswell attacking fullbacks. I've got Luke Shaw who's a good attacking fullback, you know, and they're giving the returns and that's what I usually look for in FPL. I mean, are there any other defenders that you're looking over at Wolves as well and thinking, you know what, I'm going to hedge my bets on them? You could even look at Traore. I mean, Traore considering some of the options at 6 million Rob is a a really, could be a really shrewd buy. I mean, I think one of the issues with Traore and for Wolves at the moment is it looks like Jimenez hasn't really hit the ground running yet. Obviously with the injury they can't really put the ball in the back of the net, but As soon as they do, Triori for six million could be a big differential.
0: Yeah, we need to talk Wolves metrics because obviously the points table says they've not done very well. They're at the wrong end of the table in the Premier League. But all of the metrics tell you that Wolves are doing very well. More shots than any other team in the Premier League. Why is that? They're kind of playing uh, what I would call a faux system. not and It's not a real system. So they're kind of playing a 2-3-5. What does that mean? Well, it means that their fullbacks are basically playing as wingers. Their fullbacks are starting games, but they're pressing so high up the pitch, catching the ball at, in danger areas in the final third. And this is why Wolves are creating opportunities because they're so overloaded on the attack. So, you know, 2-3-5 two, two, might not sound like a system, but that is actually what the average position is saying for Wolverhampton Wanderers at the moment. So you can tell they're attacking. On the flip side of it, defending, they've actually conceded less chances, even though they've lost games, than any team in the Premier League. So that also tells you that that system, the 2-3-5, is working. You know, they're not actually conceding opportunities, however they've lost matches. So this is the week to buy Wolverhampton Wanderers. This is the week to kind of go in there. So on that questionnaire about defenders under 6 million... The outstanding choice is Nelson Samedo, who's basically playing as a right winger at the moment. And yes, you talked about Jimenez there. Jimenez will have problems because he's called up for international duty for Brazil, which means he won't Doesn't,
1: feature. Isn't Jimenez for Mexico?
0: Uh, sorry, sorry, Mexico. So the teams obviously in South America yeah. have got problems with, with coming back. So there is an issue about some players will play and some won't, but we don't know with Jimenez at the moment, if he will, because that is just part of the issue here with South American teams. Um, but he might. But I don't think that should kind of put you off Wolverhampton Wanderers about thinking about one player in the attack. I think you need to kind of look across the base. Now, did, did you say that you've got Wolves' next fixtures? What were they again, Haydar, the next so four? You've got,
1: um you've got Brentford in there. You've got Southampton. You have Newcastle. And then the last one, well, the next one is actually Watford. So you're looking at so, you know a, a nice
0: run against some lower-end teams. So if Wolves had had the metrics that they had in their opening matches against these next four, Wolves would probably be in the top two or three in the the division. That's the truth. So I think they've got unlucky in some of those games, and luck is something you can't really measure in football. Um, But you also make your own luck, don't you? So I think in terms of looking at the players that are playing well, Triore at 6 million, if if you need someone as a kind of mid-range midfielder to kind of do a little bit of everything – and get opportunities there's every chance this year that the way trior is being used that he's not just going to get the odd assist now and then he might be a player that actually gets double digit goal returns because they are playing that system allowing him to get in behind and they're playing such a high system high up the pitch so i think he's a big tip but as i said nelson somato i think naturally you know 4.9 million with the average position that he plays for this team is going to get you returns. You might get clean sheets, which is the bonus here, but I, I think you're also there. you're also going to get the assists because he's crossing the ball into the box. And once Jimenez really finds his feet in the weeks ahead, I think I think Semedo might be one of those kind of automatic picks that everyone has around 4.9 million. He's too much good value to not have him in your team. So you kind of get rid of the real. The, the chaff out the team, like the like the Simicast and those kind of players, the players that kind of are not going to give you returns, even though they're really, really cheap. But anyone under 5 million, as I said here, our uh, watcher here was kind of saying under 6, there's some real value in it this season. Brentford defenders, Brighton defenders, Wolves defenders, these teams who might not be traditionally favourites are going to give you returns. And that means you can go a little bit more premium. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And there's a comment
1: actually here. Damari Gray, that's a really good shout. You know, he's he's been yeah. decent.
0: See, I mean, I, yeah, go on. I didn't fancy Damari Gray. When I looked at the metrics at the start of the season, I now gonna sound really boring and put everyone to sleep. I looked at Damari Gray. I kind of looked I liked what he did when he left Leicester. I think he was okay. Uh, but I looked at uh, Benita's system and I thought he's not gonna play, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna happen. He'll be he'll be bench fodder. Anyway, what's happened? He's playing. He's scoring. He looks good. So I think, again, if you're an Everton fan, you might want to lean towards Damari Gray. If I had to pick, as the the, um, uh, comment there says, Gray or Traore, because of what we just said about Wolves, at the moment, Traore. But Gray should be one on your watch list. Keep an eye on him. It's all about value, isn't it? And it's not necessarily a player that you might start in every match, but if Everton have got a good matchup, and he's doing well and he's on form. As we saw last year with the West Ham players, when West Ham hit form and players didn't want to put Jesse Lingard in, but people were buying him for their bench because a bit of a romantic notion maybe for some Man United fans just to be able to buy a United player. And then suddenly he was the automatic pick. Gray could be like that and so could Traor. it could be guys that get you really big returns for not, for not really much outlay.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Rob, I want to sort of talk about, quickly, quickly touch on a goalkeeper because obviously I have two goalkeepers out and um, I'm looking at Sanchez from Brighton and I'm having a look at his next three fixtures and he has got Brentford. He's got Leicester. He's got Palace and Arsenal. All sides. I mean, Leicester have struggled. Let's be honest. They've had injuries and uh, you're looking at Crystal Palace as well. I think Palace are going to have a struggle this year under Mm. Patrick Vieira and then Arsenal obviously are bottom of the table. Brighton started well this year and uh, you know, they're not, conceding a lot of goals you know i know a couple of years ago even the last year they were conceding a lot of goals but you know sanchez seems to emerge as a nice budget option for people looking at a goalkeeper
0: a beautiful budget option and, and i always advocate for people to play the two goalkeeper option so i know lots of players that go premium go and get an allison an edison someone like that and then they're quite happy to put a four million goalkeeper in there who never ever plays and then you get those odd weeks where those premium goalkeepers don't don't play or actually have a bad week. Kind of rare, but I think it's better to have that option where you can kind of swap around. Um, Brighton, for me, they're my outside tip in the Premier League this year to kind of finish in the top 10. And people are a bit like, oh, that's that's kind of crazy. When you watch them, they play football the right way. They really do. You know, Potter's got it nailed down after, you know, a tough opening period. They're a team that might fight relegation. But the point is, is that when you look at their players all the way through, all their players get points because they perform well. They get those kind of performance points. And then they might not be the biggest scorers in the league. So I wouldn't kind of want to really look at their forwards. But I think Sanchez is a really, really easy option. I think he kind of still started at 4.5 million. He is my starting goalkeeper. I started him in my weeks in game week one and game week two. And he let me down because Brighton considered late goals. Um, Schmeichel was my number two there. Schmeichel played for me last week. Go for Sanchez. Everyone should have Sanchez in their team, or at least one Brighton defender, because I think that they're a team that will improve as the season D- goes. on. Duffy's
1: another one. Yeah. He's he's exactly. obviously budget. He's he's scored as well for uh, Republic of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my, my new home, and he's obviously he's a bit of a hero here in Dublin. Um so Rob, I just want to sort of touch on my tip. So hey, this tip of the week, mm-hmm. or what could be a differential? I've actually gone for two players. It's been a bit it's been a bit of a struggle for me to choose, but I mean they're quite Obvious players as well, but I do think that when you're looking, we're talking about the Ronaldos of the world, we're talking about Mo Salah, but these two players have both scored, you know, two and three goals each this season. So you've got Mace Greenwood at 7.7. 7. I mean, you've got to say that he's probably in fantastic form. I'm having a look at Manchester United's, you know, starting lineup with you no know, Fred playing, and we'll talk about the Brazil issue at the end. And I'm thinking, right, is Paul Paul going to drop back? Is Sancho going to go to the left? Ronaldo will start. Mason, for me, I think, is three goals in three, and I'm looking at that main night attack. Who's the most attacking and threatening for me right now? It's Mason Greenwood. And you look at Liverpool now with Firmino unlikely to play as well with the the whole Brazil issue as well. You're looking at him, seven point six. He's also a midfielder, so he is going to be getting the extra points if he scores. Liverpool look threatening. We're seeing Trent, who's getting forward a lot more, and he's he's getting numbers as well. And uh, two goals in three, I think, you know, Jota is another pick. So you could go with either one of them. And when you're looking around for a really good, you know, option to supplement your premium options, I think
0: you can look no further than those two players. They're good choices. And, and you know, like you just said, they're midfielders that actually play as forwards. So I think Jota is actually ahead of Firmino in the conversation, even when Firmino is around. But there is obviously that thing that, that, that he is still the senior player and Jota is is not. But Jota's shown in the Premier League that he can get numbers. So I agree with you Now I think the thing with Mason is that with Ronaldo coming to the football club, we need to see what Odegon and Solskjaer wants to do with that attack. Um, you would expect Mason still to play lots of minutes and lots of games. I don't think he'll be impacted long-term, but there might be a short-term issue if Ronaldo comes in and maybe there's this function of Breen and Cavani at the same time, you know, will Cavani and Ronaldo play together? Now we would say as United fans, probably not, but that could happen. And who, who gets hurt because of that? Well, it could be someone like Mason Greenwood. So I think that's the only reason to kind of watch out for that. However, if you've got, if you've, if you've got a more balanced pick across the midfield and you've got five midfielders that all play weeks a week, then you might have a lower budget option. Like we just talked about Brighton. So you have someone like Basuma, then for a week, if, if Mason doesn't play, Or for whatever reason, you've got a basuma, you can actually put a a kind of more budget option in your team and you're not ruining the balance far too much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's so many options, Rob, that players actually have. I think for the first time in a long time, you can go premium, you can go a bit more budget option. There's a lot of quality premium options as well. So I think finding that balance, as we've said, you know, sort of uh, since since the first episode is really key. So. Let's finish off now, Rob, on the Brazil player issue and what is going on because obviously Fred isn't playing, but Fred has actually been in Carrington <laughs> training. Um, you're obviously seeing there's, uh, I think Richarlison, for, I, don't, I haven't had a look into it. So, you know, obviously you're going to shed some light on what's going on. Richarlison, I believe, can play, but you're looking at Fabinho can't play, Fir- Firmino can't play, Alisson can't play. three key players for Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, what is going on with this? It seems a little bit of a farce, if you ask me.
0: Let's look at it from an FPL standpoint. Uh, There's lots of kind of conjecture and politics around what's happening with these players. So what do you do? I think for a week, there's no issue benching them. If they're part of your core setup. So, you know, the likes of Fabinho are not not really part of people's core setups in FPL. Firmino is an outside pick. Alisson might be an issue. Uh, Fred, you know, how many people have got Fred in their team? Probably very few. But if they are part of your team, maybe sit on them for a week. We don't know what's going on with the South American question. There might be games where people get left out because of that, because of quarantine rules. So nothing really to panic about. But I certainly wouldn't be bringing any of those players in in the next week or two. I'd be sitting on it and just waiting and seeing what goes on.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. I think that, you know, actually there are options where, I mean, I would have avoided pretty much all of them. I wouldn't be bringing many of them in. So, uh, Rob, look, we're going to wrap up now, but uh, what's your final, final word, you know, on this game week? I I think it's centering around
0: the sort of the wild card.
1: Would you be advising on that?
0: Wait and see. If If you're in that area of FPL where you're kind of outside the top one or two million and you're getting the jitters and getting the jitters is pretty normal at this time of the season. Just wait for two weeks, maybe, to see what Ronaldo does, to see what Lukaku does, to see what the premiums do. And you still then will get in two or three weeks mid-range players who start to perform more. And you might see that within, say, a month, that Ferran Torres, who we're saying is kind of the outstanding option in that price range, might be just essential that you cannot not have a team without him. He might be the guy that you pair up with Salah this year rather than Mane, because Mane is obviously always going to be premium. Um, I've done the Salah-Mane Double up for a couple of years, and and that's huge returns with that, even when they're not playing well. But this year, you are looking for that mid-level. Torres could be the player of the season for FPL for me. He might not be the top scorer. You still might find that Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes and those kind of outperform him. But when you look at that big slice of money that you pay for those extra premiums, he might be very close to their totals at the end of the season. Wait two or three weeks. Don't use your wild card yet. Well said, Rob. And guys, look, thanks for all
1: your questions, some fantastic questions, and it's really great to see people engaging with the content. Make sure you do hit the like and subscribe button. Share this with your friends as well. We're going to be back, and uh, you know, you'll know you be able to see if you uh, you can beat myself and Rob. I'm very low, but obviously Rob is, uh, Rob is angling towards getting towards the top. So thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you all next time.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.